Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast, brought to you by Flowpath. I'm your host, Griffin Hamilton. This is the show where I interview industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights into modern day facilities management. From hospitality to commercial real estate and everything in between, we'll learn what it really takes to succeed as a facilities manager. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of having Ralph Karp with REC Consulting on as the guest. Ralph, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, before we go into the uh, the detail of the meat and potatoes of the conversation here this morning about uh, employer retention and training, I, I want to give the, the audience a little bit of context about who you are and your background there. So I'll toss over to you real quick. Um, how'd you get into facilities? Um, thanks for uh, the question. Uh, you know, if I may just share some quick background, you know, I come from blue collar roots, which I think gives me a little bit of a different perspective on facility management. You know, when I was in my early twenties, I did uh, an apprenticeship as a machinist and I worked as a machinist in a millwright for a large 24 uh, seven commercial printing company for about 10 years. Um, from that, I moved uh, onto a leadership role with another company. And um, then I grew my career from there, earning my bachelor's degree and an MBA. Um, you know, I recently retired from the school district of Philadelphia, where I was executive director of uh, facility maintenance and operations. And uh, I'm now uh, residing in Alabama and, uh, you know, established a consulting practice, which uh, you know, I'm doing some work in community redevelopment, and I'm also have a practice focused, obviously, on facility maintenance and operations. Now, Ralph, did you mention you were in the apprenticeship program prior to getting your degree in MBA? Right. When I was in my early 20s, I, I learned that college wasn't for me at the time, and um, I did an apprenticeship and worked for 10 years as a, as a machinist and a millwright. What, just curious, what changed in that 10 year period that made you want to go back into to getting your degree? Uh, I, I felt I could do more and, and I had a lot of, you know, untapped potential, but I knew that the glass ceiling said, Ralph, you got to go back to school and, and, uh, you know, take care of that. Got it. Yeah, no, it's interesting because so many people in facilities, they kind of fall into it and there's, you know, we're seeing more and more programs. Uh, pop up that are more of the traditional facilities route, but uh, or I guess educational route uh, with more degree programs out there. But uh, it's interesting that you got the apprenticeship, you realized what you wanted to do, and then you went back and got it. And so uh, that that is pretty unique. I haven't heard that before, uh, and pretty cool that you've made it that far and uh, went back and recognized that you needed it. Yeah, I, um, I I definitely understand what life in the trenches can be like. So um, it, it just adds a, you know, a new dimension to the perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that is important as you get to that leadership role is to not just be the individual that, you know, points says go do this without having the ability to get in the trenches and, you know, actually execute what you are expecting out of, out of your team there. So um, very cool. Well, I know we talked about this here uh, a little bit before we hit the record button, but uh, really the the main focus of today is that relationship between leadership and the facilities technician and the teams there. And so um, I guess starting us off, I, I want to just 
look back at the last couple of years and look at the evolution of a facilities manager and, and their role in their position and kind of get your take on how things have changed, obviously, with COVID um, having a huge impact on the world here over the last couple of years. Yes, I, I would say that anyone that's been in facility management over the last couple of years has uh, certainly realized that the role has changed significantly, um, you know, due to the pandemic. And, uh, you know, likewise, the value that professionals, that facility professionals bring to the organization um, ha has grown significantly. You know, we're at a time where it's really critical, uh, in my opinion, to give facility managers and their staff the support they need. So we don't allow negative impacts on mission critical business systems and, 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 and operations. Uh, you know, many, many, many facilities were closed for many months. And, um, you know, for me, I was working for the school district of Philadelphia, which, you know, 200,000 kids couldn't go to school. And, uh, you know, we had 224 public schools closed down. So, um, you know, I think that that the role has changed a little bit and the perspective has changed. Um, the issue as I see it now is, you know, businesses need to decide if they're going to staff up and fully equip their, their maintenance workers uh, with the proper training and the tools to, um, you know, deal with this added responsibility or if they're going to subcontract work out. Um, finding good qualified technical support on the outside was very challenging because everybody was clamoring for that uh, because they didn't have the skilled folks in-house to, to, you know, perform the, the tasks necessary. Um, I think going forward, you know, businesses have to just make that decision how, you know, how they're going to go, if they're going to invest or not invest. Yeah. And it's interesting <clears throat> the changes you see and how that varies industry to industry. And, you know, you, a lot of the times you don't have the budget uh, that you need and you really don't have the headcount that you need to get the things that uh, are mission critical there. And so it'll be interesting to see on that spectrum how how much is outsourced versus how much you're going to be in-house. And uh, if you do go forth and you have that investment made in your internal team, uh, I think that is something where you have to make the most out of the team that you have. And so that kind of takes us to to the main topic here, and that's employee retention and just, like I said, training and development there. And so um, what have you seen over the last couple of years that or that you've implemented yourself to make the most out of the team and to really uh, make get the highest return on that investment in that headcount? Well, uh, obviously, in my position, we learned quickly that the, the team didn't have the technical skills that they needed um, to properly assess building systems and ensure that we were getting the right amount of ventilation into the building. Um, and, and to quantify, we, did, we didn't have the uh, benchmarking you know, KPIs in place and the metrics to really tightly measure our operational performance and ensure reliability of the systems um, that, you know, teachers and, and, you know, parents and the public were, you know, wanting and other employees, you know, the school district of Philadelphia has about 19,000 employees. So, uh, establishing those KPIs and metrics is really critical to help you make a good decision on how you move forward. Um, you know, if I could, I'd just like to share with you, um, the 2021 McMora report, which is an online platform. Uh, provides products and services for uh, professionals in facility management. They say that 72% of facility managers can't find the right technical 
skilled people and the right with the also technical and managerial skills, um, which really underscores the challenges that you know professionals uh, in in facilities face today. Um, you know, if, if if management could see you know the overall benefit, I think there'd be you know stronger investment. But um, it seems that training over the years has declined. Um, you know, about 65% of employers, um, you know, have a formal definition of what a facility manager and a facility operation should be, but only about 55, 58% of them, I think it is, uh, provide the funding and the, and, and the time for their staff to pursue additional education. Um, the employees, she's over 90% of the employees say, Hey, yeah, I, I, I'd go get extra training if it was available to me. So. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a shift that has to happen, or you're going to just have to make a decision to cut and run and, and outsource your uh, outsource your work to to other folks. But there, you're sort of at the mercy of their timetable to get the work done. So, yeah, and you can't just if you are investing in having a team internally, you can't just have one foot in, one foot out. You have to go all into it. And I mean, the, the data you just, the statistics you just alluded to, I mean, that is showing that there's a desire to learn. There's a desire to improve the skill set. And now it's just providing your, your team and your employees with that avenue. And there's several different organizations uh, that have formalized training there for them to go do it. It's just, again, putting money where your mouth is and investing in your, in your team there. Right. Yeah. The other thing that's, that's quite interesting to me is that, uh, you know, about, over 70% of, of all facility maintenance workers um, across the country are over 40 years old, um, which uh, is, is concerning to me because, you know, you've got 20% of the facility workers are between 20 and 30 and about eight or 10% are um, under the age of 30. So it just shows you that there aren't a lot of people coming into the trades and people are aging out. So how are we going to address that situation? The, the, the data and the numbers are there in front of us, but it doesn't seem like we've reacted. And maybe the pandemic will be a call to action and, you know, businesses will react. But I think it's, it's you know, well noted that it, it's time to take this seriously if we're going to provide the services that um, employees and, and clients demand. Yeah. And, and there are different organizations, the IFMA Foundation, there's going to be a series we're doing on that uh, here over the, the coming weeks uh, that are really trying to drive that next generation. FM Pipeline is another great organization where it is getting that awareness out there. And clearly there's a demand. There's a demand for this skill set. And, you know, I, I could go on all day about how important it is to invest in that next generation and really fight that, the what we call the great resignation that's uh, looming. But uh, that's for that's topic for another day. And right now in the here and now, I think it is very much making, like we said earlier, making the most of your team. And so you brought up the desire of people to uh, better their skill sets and to the need for you to invest in your team internally outside of those formalized training programs. What have you done in the past to uh, take that upon yourself and really get your team ramped up and add those skills you know, to the repertoire? I was working closely with uh, union leadership in in Philadelphia to, uh, you know, develop and, and advance a training program where employees could go and receive training 
Um, the problem is, you know, if it's, if it's training that's not compensated or, you know, you're, you're thin on labor anyway, and you can't really allow a fella to take or a man or woman to take off from work to go to training during the week, it was, it was really, you know, challenging to put that, that together. So there's got to be some give and take, I think, between, um, you know, management and, and, and how we're going to you know, set folks up to get the training that they need. But we were working on it. We were putting it together. And, and I hope that that, uh, that work continued, uh, you know, since I left Philadelphia. Yeah. And, and I think that investment in your team, I mean, it, it not only in the short term, you know, you have a more qualified team, but I think long term that has a big impact into retention. And, you know, we've alluded to this in the past where it is very difficult to find, um, find folks to add to your team and finding that the skill set out there that is needed. Um, so that kind of takes into that employer attention. Um, beyond the training part of it, or I guess before we go beyond that, what have you seen the training, what impact has training had on retention? Well, certainly in, in my career, when people feel that they're um, appreciated and, and invested in, they have a, a a different sense of uh, loyalty to the to the work and, and a commitment to the work and 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 the company um, you know most folks I think the trend is that people are in the jobs just for a few years and and um, facilities is no different you know most of the folks in facilities are are job hopping after two or three years and and that doesn't speak well for you know for the career in general and also just the fact that we're not attracting young people, you know, to the career, the pay scale for, uh, on average nationwide for a facility employees, $37,000, um, which that's $17 and 78 cents an hour. Not, not a real attractive salary. Um, even if you have benefits, you know, that's kind of tough to raise a family on. So I think that, you know, companies need to invest in them employees and, and, you know, probably better compensate them and um, you know, let them see that they are valued. And, and I think that will uh, change some attitudes and mindsets. Yeah, and I think that is you know, another thing with the industry is that getting your foot in the door, uh, there is that, it is a long-term investment where there is a very uh, lucrative career in front of you. It is just a matter of making your way up adding those different skills, taking on those more responsibilities, going back and getting educated like you, you went and got back uh, your bachelor's and MBA there to make it up the, the chain of command there and um, you know making the most of that, that career path. Um, beyond, I guess, as far as other tactics you deployed for um, retaining your top talent, what did you see that worked beyond the, you know, the, the, investment and training and the actual compensation there. What, what did you do in that relationship to make sure that you're retaining as much talent as possible? Uh, one thing I was trying to accomplish was a real sense of transparency with the employees. So they knew what was going on all the time and they were informed and it wasn't just, you know, do it because I said so. It was, you know, engaging them in solutions. You know, a lot of times your employees have way better ideas than you might have. And, and I like to, you know, coalesce, uh, those ideas and, and make the best decision going forward. So I really like to engage, uh, the employee and have them, you know, uh, 
in the feedback of, of the decision-making process. Ultimately, in the end, you know, I might own the decision or their, their manager might own the decision, but, um, you know, to, to build a team that, you know, really communicates is, is I think, really, really essential. Yeah, absolutely. And that transparency is key and empowering your team to, uh, to take on more responsibility. And so that's, that's great to hear in the managerial spot. But if I'm listening as a technician looking to way, move my way up the chain, um, what did you see that stood out to you for individual contributors that led them to making their way up that um, they earn more responsibility and you, you know, trusted them to take on those higher uh, higher value projects. I think you just have to have the mindset that, uh, you know, you want to do whatever you can to make yourself as valuable as you can to your employer. And, you know, I always noted accomplishment and, and whether it was going out on a weekend where I knew I had crews working on a weekend, you know, I would show up and just, you know, thank them for coming out and working. And, and I, you know, I tried to visit work sites a lot and, uh, have regular conversations with, you know, people from every level of the organization. Um, you know, I, I, I think it would send a great message to the rank and file if management, you know, uh, had stronger participation and interest in, in the facilities. You know, if I'm reading the tea leaves right, uh, things for, uh, you know, the, the, the future for facility management, you know, is a little questionable um, unless we take some, some really good action and, and you know, show, show the workforce, um, you know, that we, we walk the walk and not just talk the talk. So, um, times are going to get tougher and I don't think COVID's going away anytime soon. And, and the expectation, you know, the bar has been set higher now. So, um, the work dynamics change significantly. And, you know, if we want to maintain a motivated, um, you know, skilled workforce, you know, we need to do better at attracting young people and invest. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, well, Ralph, before I let you go, I mean, this has been great content and uh, both on the managerial side and the individual contributor side, some some great tips there. Um, but before I let you go, I have one question I ask everybody, and that is who or what has had the biggest impact on you in your career? Uh, it was a fellow named John Collins, and he was a... Uh chairman of the uh, landscape architecture department at Temple University. And um, John was a true friend and, and mentor to me. Um, you know, we, we both share, uh, you know, strong Christian faith and, and um, he, he taught me some leadership things and, and um, gave me some pointers on emotional intelligence that, uh, you know, I didn't have at the time I was a young man and, and John sort of paved the way for me helping me understand life. <laughs> yeah. And it clearly stuck with you to today, seeing how uh, the main main points uh, of this conversation were about leadership and, and that relationship with uh, the team. But uh, Ralph, certainly appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for the content. This has been great. And uh, for those listening that want to reach out to Ralph with any questions, you can check out the show notes for uh, his LinkedIn information there. And uh, again, until next uh, next time, Ralph, be good. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and follow us on LinkedIn for more facilities management content.